This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy web show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with the first groomer that's ever been on this show. I'll tell you all about her and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. It's designerpetsweaters.com, hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Rada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink with a pet parent, a cat and dog person, a cocktail connoisseur, coffee lover, adventure seeker, and road tripper. A Texan born and raised, mom to Maya and Grant, dogma to Ripple and Echo, cat ma to Zach and Kale, bearded dragon ma to Soup and Flapjack, the first dog groomer and salon manager to be on Covered in Pet Hair, Bridget Cox. Welcome, Bridget. Hi. Well, I'm super excited to have you on the show because I know a lot of human styling people, but I don't know any groomers who styled pets. So it's really exciting to get your insight. Well, we're very much the same type of people, just very different ways of handling things. Well, yeah, your clients are a little different, right? <laughs> Most, uh, I think, I don't know of many hairstylists that dodge teeth. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> very true. Before I go any further, anybody participating in our drinking game tonight, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is scissor. Make sure you take a drink, but be 21 and over before you imbibe and never drink and drive. Always drink responsibly. All right. So what are you drinking tonight, Bridget? Tonight, I am having a uh, jalapeno infused tequila with the Trader Joe's sparkling limeade and a twist of fresh lime. That is so nice. I love a spicy margarita and I love a, an, uh, what is it? A semi-homemade cocktail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's my own, my own concoction. I love it. You're going to have to share the recipe with me so that I can share it with our listeners and our viewers. Excellent. I'm happy to do so. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm having, because it's Valentine's Day right around the corner and I'm in my Valentine's Day sweater, I'm having a Cupid cocktail just to keep it on theme, I guess. It is bourbon and triple sec with a simple syrup made with blackberries and champagne. So cheers to you for being on the show and for uh, being the first groomer, because that is exciting for, I think, for me and for all of our viewers and listeners. Thank you. 
So I like to start this show with a game. And today we are playing this versus that because I want to get your insights on who, what breeds are harder to groom than others. So I've created a list comparing this breed versus that breed. And I'm going to ask you, which is more difficult to groom? Are you ready? Absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. This versus that Afghan hound versus Maltese. Who's more difficult to groom? Well, it's going to actually depend on time consumption. If it, if it is um, time, then it's going to be the Afghan. If it comes to dodging teeth and trying to keep your hands all intact, Maltese. <laughs> I used to have a Maltese. She ne- Well, she was a mix and she never bit, but I can see how she might have if put in that situation. So that doesn't surprise me. And Afghan hounds are such elaborate groomer, like styling, I guess. Is that what you call it? Styling styles? They're more a lot of brush out. Um, and oh. so you're having to brush and use the right type of tools. And then um, across their backs, you use a different type of, of tool on them. It's more of like a stone to pull oh. that dead hair up and out to create the saddle. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. We're going to get a lesson today. I love it. (laughs) All right. Next one. Pomeranian versus poodle. Who's more difficult to groom? I think it would, again, it's a very, it depends a lot on the type of style. There are 38 different styles of poodles. So when you come at a groomer and tell them you want it to look like a poodle, you need to specify. uh, Wow. Uh, Pomeranians are just mostly, they should be just a hand scissor all over. So. Oh, nice. I have a a Pomeranian mix that just got groomed yesterday and uh, they did a very nice job. But I mean, I I think I'm a pretty easy client because I was like, not too short and just clean the booty area, please. (laughs) (laughs) That's always my main concern. All right. Next one. Shih Tzu versus Chihuahua. Who is harder to groom? Surprisingly, probably your Chihuahua, especially when it comes to nails. When it comes to the actual grooming, they're pretty much a wash and wear. So you're just going to wash them and go. (laughs) But when it comes to those nails, your chihuahua is going to put up a much bigger fight. Interesting. Yeah, not surprising at all, actually. <laughs> all right. Next one. A curly coated retriever versus a wire fox terrier. Who is harder to groom? Uh, anything in the terrier group is going to be a little more difficult to handle. They also like to use their mouths for everything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next. Long haired doxy. Versus a Cavalier King Charles, who is more difficult to groom? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, they're both going to be really difficult because all you're going to want to do is cuddle with those two. I know. Okay, so my next dog in a very long time, because I have three older dogs, and I'm probably not going to be ready to, you know, get a new dog anytime soon. But I dream of a rescued long-haired doxy. I really do. One day. I'm putting it out to the universe. Right. (laughs) Well, when you put it out to the universe, just be ready because sometimes the universe answers faster than you expect. (laughs) You are so right. Oh my goodness. Universe. I want a long haired doxy in 10 years. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Thank you for the reminder. You are so right. All right. Next one. Bernie's mountain dog versus a Chinese crested. Who is more difficult to (laughs) groom? It's definitely time consumption. Again, your Bernese mountain dog, uh, the Chinese crested, they do have their own specifications. As long as you know what you're doing, they're pretty quick and easy though. So if anybody doesn't know what a Chinese crested is, do you want to describe it? Typically your Chinese crested is going to be a mostly hairless breed. They do tend to have a little bit of hair on their head and their tail, and then they'll have puffs on their legs. And then they have these weird wires that grow out that usually have to shave down to the skin. 
but the skincare is going to be the most important thing. There is also a powder puff Chinese crested and they are fully haired. I'm loving this. I am loving this education I'm getting right now. This is amazing. Thank you. All right. Last one. This versus that dog versus cat. Who is more difficult to groom? Uh, the cats. <laughs> they have five pointy ends that they are more willing to use. So also cats have thinner skin and they're easier to tear. So you have to be a lot more gentle with them. While they're trying to like kill you. Yes. While, while they are threatening your life <laughs> and most of the next few generations. that. <laughs> So I hear you had a run-in with a cat, mm -hmm. which is why you specialize in dog grooming right now. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yes. I, um, I got bit by a cat. And uh, for anybody that knows the things, the reason the cats eat the way they do is um, they have bacteria that grows in their mouth and they can eat raw meat because it breaks down everything in there. So when you experience a cat bite, if you don't get it cleaned all the way out, that bacteria will go under your skin and start eating the muscle and the, the meat under your skin. And I did not, yes. even with the help of a doctor, did not get it all cleaned out. And they had to go back in and reopen my hand. So my pinky got infected real badly. Oh my goodness. So do groomers charge extra for cats than they do for dogs? Yes. If you find a groomer that charges less than $80 for a cat, then you're way lucky, but, and that would be just for like a bath and a blowout. And that's maybe not lucky. Maybe they're just a rookie who just is dying to get business. Cause I feel like a groomer who's had a run in with a cat is not going to, you know, give the house away, so to speak and, <laughs> and charge pennies. They're going to charge right. some money. Well, and when you have a groomer that's worth their salt in grooming cats, they actually have cat specific grooming tools, which is also much more expensive. Our tools are very pricey. So um, you definitely want to find somebody that does have experience with cats so that you get your cat back all in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> and that your groomer keeps their fingers and yes. hands intact. And their faces. So yikes. I mean, listen, how long have you been grooming? Because you obviously sound like you know a lot about grooming. And I think that people just don't even understand how, like you said, 36 different styles of poodle mm -hmm. or 38? 38, 38 different styles. How long did it take you to learn these things? I do have to do a lot of brush up, but you're forever learning. There are a lot of times people become master groomers and it takes years and years for them to do that. And you go before a board and within each category. But I fell into grooming about 20 years ago. I started working uh, with a friend of mine because her bather was not showing up. And so I just went in to help her. And little by little, I learned things like how to do feet and how to do faces, sanitaries, proper uh, brushing techniques, stuff like that. So, um, you know, 20 years later, I'm still learning how to do new things and new tools are always coming out. So, you know, conferences, education, continuing education is very important. That is amazing for sure. So what made you want to do grooming full time? Like, what is it about it that makes it the job for you? Um, like I said, I kind of just fell into it. I actually was on a different career path altogether. But you know, when you get back there and you start working with an animal, for me, Specifically, it's the animals that have trust issues, the ones that aren't used to this. And it takes some time to build up trust between them. Being able, no matter how long it takes, sometimes it can take up to a year for me to get to a point with a dog that they are happy to come in and they're happy. They know that when they leave, they're going to feel good. And so 
that's what keeps me going with this is knowing that I'm helping an animal stay healthy and being able to learn new things. I'm forever looking for new things to learn. That's so awesome. So I want to continue talking about your love of grooming and your love of dog as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I am talking to Bridget Cox, who is from North Dallas, and she works at a grooming salon as the main groomer and the salon manager. And I'm going to ask her to share what she does in her spare time and on the job to make dogs feel loved. You have one minute on the clock, Miss Bridget. Go ahead and start. Give me all the ways in which you show love Two dogs. Yeah. Well, my favorite thing is actually getting out and getting to do pet uh, pet sitting and pet walking on my spare time. And then I also learn, I try to brush up, you know, watching YouTube videos. Anytime anything continuing education comes up, I try to get logged into that, watch that. And then of course I do spend some time cuddling with my own animals at home just to kind of reset. So <laughs> you still have 30 seconds. What else do you do to make your pets, your dogs? feel special. Definitely treats. I would love doing that. And then sitting down and just kind of brushing them and going over, you know, they love even when I'm working on keeping their coat and their skin healthy, they love just that touch and that attention and the the feeling. And I do the same thing with my bearded dragons. I kind of pick over them too. Wow, that's awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to have to do another show completely on bearded dragons because <laughs> this is a show about pets and even pets without hair are are up for discussion. So we'll put a pin in that. But I want to know truly what it is that pet parents don't know about taking their dogs to the groomer and what you'd want them to know before coming to your salon. Um, one of the things that I really have to discuss with pet parents is I know that a lot of people worry about their dog having separation anxiety from them, but going back with your dog creates a lot more anxiety for them. Then they not only are in a new situation with new sounds and new smells, but now they also have to protect their pack and you are their pack. And so they're, they're not focused on me. And their safety has a lot to do with being focused on me or their groomer at hand, because we need to be able to body language wise, communicate with one another because we're using sharp objects and we're doing a lot of things. Um, And when your groomer calls you and tells you, this is not something that we're going to be able to do, understand that they went through a lot with your dog and, and got your dog to a point where they knew that your dog was finished and they're not 
they're not trying to be lazy or anything like that. They are really honestly trying not to stress your dog out and they're not trying to push or even injure your pet because a lot of injuries do occur when our pet parents are like, no, get it done. You know, so, you know, having to do it in smaller increments, a lot of times helps. Wonderful. And do you, as a scheduler, do you schedule dogs for like a half hour or hour and, or can you kind of like give them a break and bring them back to the table? I have a unique situation the way that I have things set up because I am associated with a day play. They can come in and we let them play for a while and then they get to go back and they get bathed and blow dried. And then if it's, if they start to show signs of stress, instead of putting them in a kennel, I have small bedrooms, they're little bedroom suites and they have beds and they have water and I can turn the lights out in there if they feel like, you know, if I feel like that would help them. And then they can just kind of chill out and relax and I will go on to the next dog and then come back and check and see where they're at with their, with their relaxation. I have, I do have that ability to do that. (laughs) Sounds like a yoga retreat for dogs. (laughs) Sounds amazing. (laughs) I try to make it as amazing as possible for them. That is really cool. I think that's really special. Uh, When you say injuries, what's the most common injury when it comes to grooming? Cuts. Definitely, definitely cuts. Sometimes the dog will zig whenever we're zagging and, you know, the scissors can go across the skin. Most cuts are very, very superficial. And then the other problem that we have is when dogs are matted, if, you know, a lot of people tell us save as much hair as you possibly can, the longer the blade that we're using though, the more hair we're trying to save, the more likely because mats pull skin up inside of that hair, the more likely we are to catch the skin and and slice the skin. And so we have to go very slow and we have to be very, very cautious with the um with those mats and especially when we're trying to save as much as possible because it's not uh, you know in our wheelhouse to want to shave every single dog we love hair you know every groomer i've ever met would much rather have a longer pretty scissor dog than something that they had to shave down so but we definitely don't want to injure them so of course. I can't imagine that a human stylist would want to shave all of their right. <laughs> clients' hair either. You want to give them a style. You want them to look their best, obviously. Absolutely. That's so true. Okay. So what can pet parents do at home to show their pets, their dogs love, but also show their coats, their skin, and their nails love between grooming appointments? So there's a lot of things. Definitely talk to your, your groomer. Once your groomers had their hands on your dog, they can let you know because each coat needs a different or each coat type needs different types of brushes or combs or both. And so once your groomers had their hands on the dog, listen to them or ask them to send you pictures of the types of brushes that they recommend. And then each night, what I usually tell my clients is when you're sitting down and watching TV at night, choose a section of the dog while it's sitting in your lap brush over your dog. If you have a short haired breed, play with their feet, you know, take their little nails and just kind of click their nails. And you can get something as simple as a Dollar Tree Emery board and just smooth over the nails so that they're used to being touched and ears mess with their ears because dogs get real touchy about that too. (laughs) Is it really important for people to be cleaning their dog's ears at home? Or is that something that's better left to a professional? It's better left to a professional. If you know what you're doing, definitely, you know, you can get in there and wipe around the outside of the canal. And then anything that you can see that, you know, that you can see visibly without any extra light, you can wipe that out, but definitely open those ears up. Take a look for the braver souls, sniff, 
and see if it smells yeasty, definitely, definitely get your dog either to the veterinarian or take them up to the groomer and see if they can flush them out um, or wash them at least and see if that helps. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I really could do this all day. So tell me one last thing that you think that would benefit a dog before a trip to the groomers. The, well, the earlier that you get them started, the better. Typically, I tell people by their second round of shots, bring them in and introduce them. You don't have to leave them even for a bath, but let the groomer learn your dog and your dog learn your groomer. Bring them in, have them, give them a treat, and then let them go. And then the next time, bring them in for just a bath and work your way up. Otherwise, definitely brush them. Just brush, 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 brush. Um, the more they are used to the feeling of that brush, the more we'll be able to do. And then don't don't baby the dogs. You know, when you're blow drying your hair, make it normal for them. Um, sounds are very important because the smaller dogs tend to be a little more frightened. Big dogs are our biggest babies. <laughs> so, um, you know, if they run from the vacuum, don't chase them, but just encourage them knowing that sounds are okay, that things are going to be safe for them and make a safe environment at home when it comes to sounds. Also, when you're playing with your dog, that hands, you know, that fun, like, making them kind of growl and snap at you. When we reach for their face, they want to play that game. And that's not, <gasps> that's not safe when we're doing scissors or grabbing their feet, you know, and playing the little footsie game. So when we go to do nails, they're going to want to play the little like chomp on the hand game. And so that's also not safe because their little tongues don't want to get caught in the nail clippers. Oh, of course not. That's true. So play gently Touch your dog, mm -hmm. make sure that they're used to touch, but do so in a gentle way that they don't feel like they're, it's a game to like bite your hand. Never encourage biting, I guess, is a really good tip for pet parents. Definitely a good tip. I know that it's fun and it's super cute, especially with those little bitty dogs, because it's just, they're not scary, but <laughs> yeah, you know, when they feel like they're defending themselves, it becomes a very different thing. That's very, very true. And last question. I know I said it was the last question last time, but I really could do this all day. Is it important for pet parents to find a groomer that they love and trust and keep going to that same groomer for the dog's benefit? Absolutely. One of the things that your groomer, you know, trust is the biggest thing. If you go to a groomer and you don't feel comfortable, then definitely try somebody else. If your dog seems like they're uncomfortable with them, try somebody else. But once you find somebody that you know and you love and you trust, keep with them because one of the important things is as they age, groomers will start because they, we have the ability to see the skin a lot more clearly than even your veterinarian. We can find differences in the skin so we can catch on to allergies or have accidentally caught cancer a few times on dogs or infections anything unusual. And a lot of times your groomer, once your groomer knows the personality of your dog, they can say, Hey, your dog's not acting quite right today. This is what I saw. Keep an eye on your dog. And then from there, you know, we can catch the early symptoms of seizures or behavior changes showing like anything is as bad as even poisoning, you know, because some dogs will get into stuff and it'll be slow poison. And so, you know, we can have you on the lookout instead of you coming home right. your dog very, very ill, which gets very expensive. Right. Of course. Of course. Okay. So to color your dog's hair for Valentine's day, yay or nay? Absolutely. My own dog is hot pink right now. Um, <laughs> just make sure that it is definitely a, that it's definitely a dog safe. Opaz is the best dog. Actually, here <gasps> we, have a, we have a pet to see <laughs> my little Muppet, but um, Opaz is the best pet safe. 
but make sure that your your groomer's using pet safe and uh, she's usually a lot more talkative but <laughs> oh my gosh she's so cute what's her name this is echo our first dog is ripple um because she's got a weird ripple of hair and since we um when we got her she was our second one and she was since she was the second dog to come in and we already had a reactive word we figured echo was like the best thing to go with it so oh so cute i love her she's adorable what's her breed she is yorkie and poodle mix she's actually a rescue so um the oak hill animal rescue found her and uh, and saved her little life <laughs> so Aww. And she's just bit right in. She loves you so much. You can tell. Look at her. <laughs> yes. She would stay here all day. Well, while she gives you kisses, why don't you tell our viewers and listeners how they can reach out to you if they're in the North Dallas area? I'm at Classy Canine Daycare. And you can reach us either at ClassyCanineDaycare.com, which is all spelled out. Or the phone number is 972-931-3000. Okay. So how close are you to Plano? Uh, actually very close. I'm right across the George Bush toll road from Plano. So I'm about six blocks down from being in Plano. I'm four blocks from being in Addison. I'm about two blocks from being in the Richardson area. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I have a little cousin, a canine cousin mm-hmm. named Sophie. I'm going to refer to you because they just moved to Dallas and I don't know if they have a groomer, but you are so good. And I'm so impressed. And I love your energy. And obviously Echo is giving you an excellent reference right now. So I'm (laughs) going to make sure that they have your contact information. I just want to thank you for taking your time to be with me today and, and share your love of dog with me. Here's to you and your family. Cheers. Cheers. And cheers to our executive producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. And to our viewers and our listeners, thanks for spending your time with us. Here's to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live. Cheers. Cheers. To learn more about covered in pet hair, please visit coveredinpethair.com or petliferadio.com. We'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com.